What is it about uniting residential care that makes it so special? It's more than just a job to us. Everyone who works here genuinely cares for their residents and we are all like one big family. That is what is important to me, that the residents know I'm always there for them. If you're looking for a supportive community that respects your individuality, we're here for you. Visit uniting.org today or call 1800 864 846. Oldie Goodie is a podcast series created for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a replacement for psychological assessment and treatment. Always consult your own healthcare professional. My 62nd birthday, I, I sat up in bed and said, I know what I want to do. I want to sing in a band. <laughs> what I like about end of life is generally all the garbage falls away and you're left with the core of the person. Just because you look a little bit different on the outside doesn't mean that you've changed on the inside. Hello and welcome to Oldie Goody, a podcast series that celebrates ageing and all that comes with it. I'm Nikki Buckley, wife and mother of three young men now, but perhaps better known to many of you for my years as television host on the game show Sale of the Century. But now I am so happy to be here as co-host of Oldie Goody with you, Matt, as we explore some of the interesting life changes we experience as we age. And I'm Matt Ferguson, husband, father of two, surfer, and I work with Uniting. I'm passionate about understanding how we can help people to age well. On each episode of Oldie Goody, Matt and I, together with some amazing guests, will be diving a little deeper into some of the more positive sides of ageing, because after all, getting older is just a part of life. Today's episode is all about finding a passion later in life, or as we like to call it, having a second wind. We've all heard stories about people in their 60s, 70s and 80s who've taken a new direction, sometimes painting, sculpture or writing, or they've discovered a talent that they maybe had in the back of their head, but they never expressed. And now they've got the time, they've got the energy and the space to do it. How about you, Nikki? Have you had a second wind? I think I've had a few reinventions of myself, probably. <laughs> a few wins. <laughs> a few, um, yeah, different types of work and, and going in different directions. But these days, you know, I am looking at, you know, just opening myself up to new opportunities and just saying yes a lot more often because I might not even know what my next passion is until I say yes to the opportunity that arises. So that's what I'm going to be moving forward with. Just yep. invite me out to somewhere yep, or to yep. try something new and it'll be a yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Today's guest is a really fascinating man. His name is Richard Crawley. I don't want to give too much away, but what I will say is at the age of 70, he's living his dream, rocking out on stage as a frontman in two different rock bands. Here's a little grab of him now. Have a listen. <laughs> That's pub rock, isn't it? At its best, yes, Aussie pub rock. <laughs> but you know what? He hasn't always been on stage rocking out. In fact, he actually spent most of his life behind the scenes as a photographer. And we've just been watching some clips of him in action on stage. And I'd like to say, I really want the kind of second wind that he's having. <laughs> I'd like to have that energy we've just been watching. And I can't wait to actually learn from him how he, well, where he gets his stamina where, from. Where he gets his energy and his go. So, I think it's best that we just let him share the rest of his story. He joins us now in the studio. Richard, welcome. 
Well, firstly, thanks so much for asking me along to do this interview. I think it's a worthwhile thing, and uh, I would love to tell you all about <laughs> what I've been involved with music-wise. So you're the front man in two bands, The Black Belts and Tumbling Dice, but you haven't always been a musician. How did you end up taking the stage and becoming a front man? I have messed around a little bit in the 80s, just a little bit. Did a, a small band that ended up covering an Iggy Pop song which is probably why I still rip my shirt off on stage, actually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it sort of got played a lot on Triple R. We covered I'm Bored, I'm the chairman of the board, you know, that song. I love that song, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a ripper of a song. And this is like, you know, 40 years ago or something, whatever. And then nothing, you know, it's sort of like didn't do anything and lots of work and photography and all that. And then Carol, my darling wife, uh, you know, 30 years, died on September the 11th, 2009, and my whole world fell apart. It was really pretty rugged, seriously rugged. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> But to answer your question, which is about the band, how did I do all this again? Literally, about three years later, on my 62nd birthday, I, <laughs> I sat up in bed and said, oh, fuck, I know what I want to do. I want to <laughs> sing in a band. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I want to sing in a band, so why not? You know, it's sort of, but then it's sort of easier said than done because I, I had no idea what to do next. You know, I had no friends in the music industry as such, really, and no uh, studio. And, you know, I couldn't sing either, by the way. And even now, I admit I'm not the world's greatest vocalist, but I'm a fairly good front man. So that's all right. Yeah. So that's sort of what started. And was it really as defining as that? Like you actually woke up on your 62nd birthday mm. Mm. and went, boom, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's like, I mean, if you're desperate enough, you know, you've got to do something. I'd had this terrible period, you know, which had even sort of included going to New York to hook up with a girlfriend that I had when I was 19. <laughs> and she was single again. We decided to share an apartment in, oh, in Queens or whatever. And oh, my God. And I basically moved to America. And then it was a catastrophe. But as much me being off my head. Sometimes in your life, you know, you just, it doesn't matter what it is, you've got to do something. You know? Yeah, and so when you said, you know, if you're desperate enough, you'll do it, do you mean you're just looking for something else to do? Well, it's more, it's an organic process, I think. You know, it's kind of like sink or swim. <laughs> and part of the swimming is you've got to do something. And I'm a real believer that, you know, you do create your own reality in this life. You know, I really know this. And so nothing's impossible. I mean, I have decided not to climb Mount Everest now. But um, <laughs> When did you decide that? Oh, fairly recently. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, no, and I, I mean, I, I really kind of mean that you can do anything you want at, at any stage of your life. Yeah. So what was the process? So you said you had no idea how to take the next step. You sat up in bed. What did you do the next morning when you woke up and went, how do I make this a reality? So how did it go from that epiphany to a frontman start? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I couldn't sing. It was sort of like... A couple of days of, do I really mean this? And then I realised I did. And anyhow, it's always better to try and do something and fail, you know, than to not try at all. I've always had that attitude that what's to lose? You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Fortune favours the brave, all of that stuff, man. Then for me, it was a question of working out. I mean, I knew what music I really loved. And, you know, which is basically everything, actually. I mean, I like opera. I certainly can't sing it. But, you know, absolutely, I knew who my heroes were and Iggy Pop. And Mick Jagger is, of course, always been a 
a total hero as far as I'm concerned. He's the world greatest. And of course, I grew up with their music, you see. And then both Iggy and, and Jagger are both still going, aren't they? You know, they're both still producing music. Well, that's the interesting thing. When are the Stones ever going to stop? Maybe <laughs> never. Well, it's sad about Charlie Watts, obviously. But you know what I think it is? I think it's awareness. I think it's really important to be aware of who you are always. That comes first. And, and I don't just mean emotionally. I mean physically. I mean everything. In the original side of the Black Belts, you know, when we were, <laughs> I wrote a song called 110, and the chorus goes, I'm going to live to 110, see me now, watch me then, be in a moment just like Zen, it don't matter your Sue or Ben. Like, that's the chorus. No, <laughs> it's a shit kicking sort of punky thing but you know it's a good song and anyhow it's 120 now I mean honestly I don't see no seriously by the time we get to 100 it's going to be like most people are 80 now like in Japan they've lost count of the number of people over, no, it's over, a f- over 100 a fabulous outlook that you've got like that so when you you know you woke up and you had your epiphany what happened next were you all in from then like did you second guess yourself or, yeah, did you, or well, it was like okay, okay well how am I going to make it happen Good question. Well, it's step by step, isn't it? You know, you kind of like, well, it's just logical, really. I mean, I knew I had to learn to sing. So mm-hmm. the first that thing I first. did, yeah, yeah, you know, so I mean, I had done a little bit before, but not for 40, 30, 40 years, you know, so I thought, right, and I actually sort of started singing soul stuff, first of all, which was absolutely nuts, really. <laughs> you know, great people like Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, you know, you name it, all these brilliant people. But did you have lessons? No. No, just... No, I kind of... I mean, I, I eventually just did Just jumped in the a, shower. Well, yeah, not even the shower. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely sort of started doing a bit karaoke, really. And, you know, you can learn so much from listening to the great masters, to be honest. Yeah. But then I didn't know how to sing. And to the point where I actually <laughs> gave myself a small hernia at one point. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever been in a hospital, like for one night. I've only had, ever been in a hospital once. For like one trying night. to reach a high note or something. Yeah, and it's not unknown. A lot of singers, well-known singers, this has happened to. When you sing, you should sing from your diaphragm area. Right. And once you learn that, which I have, thank God now, you know, you tend not to screw yourself up. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you can sing yeah. better. <laughs> so singing lessons, but, you know, there must have been so much more to going and creating a rock band oh yeah there was so i mean the next thing you do is there's a two-car garage you know that can go so i've built another garage out there Let's sort of do a little classic car stuff so that garage is connected to the house that can turn into a studio right so yeah no it's a good space you know completely soundproofed it because i've got the accommodation business you can't have a band at 2 a.m waking up the punters in the accommodation made the studio you know proper pa and everything and at that point i'd started talking to people who I thought might be able to get involved. And I was incredibly lucky with the first guy, Barry Galbraith, who's an incredibly good drummer. You know, he's one of the greats uh, in, yeah, in, yeah. I don't even like asking this question. Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, it's something, you know, it's kind of like the typical question. But, like, did you ever stop and wonder whether you thought you might have been too old to actually, you know, 62, I'm going to start a rock band? <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, I mean, I really mean it that, and I say, you know, you create your own reality. So why not? 
there's a certain physicality to singing, right? Mm. Now, I'm also a third down black belt in taekwondo. Right. So I've always kept reasonably fit. Yeah, you look very fit for those that can't see. Well, sort of. Yeah. Not, not as fit as I might be at the moment. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still do 150 push-ups every day. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jesus, I mean, not, really? yeah, not one hit. I'll do, oh, wow, okay. Well, I'll do 50 and then I'll do some abs, <laughs> another 50, and then back abs, another 50. You know. Yeah. But, you know, you use it or lose it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's not just one thing. Everyone's different, admittedly. Yeah. 100%. But, you know, for me, if I'm not fit, it's the end of the world. I would say if you're not fit, you wouldn't be able to be doing what I'm looking at here on this poster <laughs> <laughs> with you just rocking it out. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was going to say in the in the clip of you on stage, it's a pretty energetic performance. I mean, you've you mentioned the hernia, but how how does the body hold up when you you know after a performance? Like how you know if you're doing that, I don't know, a couple of nights a week or something. What do you do the next day? To- Personally, I think we we can come to Melbourne and play places like the Brunswick Ballroom and the Mimo Hall in St Kilda. I mean, we certainly could do that. We haven't done that sort of stuff yet, so there actually have been a limited number of gigs. Right. Okay. But. Um, yeah, you know, uh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, just, sorry. you know, the, the show. like Oh, yeah, how do I pull up? Well, it's, sleep is pretty important. The thing about stage performance is it, you know, once you go nuts for a couple of hours, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline. It takes a bit of time. I mean, everyone in a band will say this. It takes a little bit of a time for, <laughs> you can't go to bed for a couple of hours. <laughs> so suddenly it's 4 a.m., you know, if you're not, you know, it can, can, can get a bit late. But, yeah, sleep's very important. But, say, fitness is probably it. You know, uh, <laughs> obviously, substance abuse is not a good idea, <laughs> to be quite frank. <laughs> well, a little bit maybe, but not much. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> abuse the substance. Yeah. No, no, Rock no. Star. Chill, chill, boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So after your epiphany, you put the band together, you built the room in your garage, you rehearsed, you got your voice down into the diaphragm, and then you finally got up on stage. What was that like? Well, yeah, this is a good story. Yeah, what happened there, Matt, was that we went in this competition. It was called Exhumed, you know, as opposed <laughs> right. to the triple. Yeah, it was ABC. It was a big deal. What's his name? Who does? Oh, I should remember. He's on telly now. He's he's ABC. He does the. That's okay. So Anyhow, you, yeah. So you, you so you went in the competition. We went in the competition. Uh, yes, oh, they the had unearthed, right? So they had unearthed. Unearthed. It's a very good title. Rather than unearthed, that's it. It was exhumed, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it was for bands that were for never were's, not has beens. There's a subtle difference, right? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? Incredibly. Um, this is the very first gig ever done. We went in this competition. Like we end up at the loft, and the a- it's an ABC film crew. They're filming it, and they filmed us, and we end up end up in this competition on. So the very first gig ends up on national television. I'm sorry, but the Beatles didn't even do that. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, that was ridiculous. I had no idea what was going on. But How did it feel performing the first time? Terrifying. But no, it was really exciting. Yeah. I mean, the adrenaline was insane, I mean, which is it's funny, isn't it? You do get used to it. You do. You kind of, not that I'm jaded at all by it now. I mean, Nirvana would be 
25,000 people. I mean, for me, that would just be the best thing in the whole world. <laughs> well, sort of, you know. But, never I mean, say never. Yeah, never say never. So, yeah, no, that was what started it. And the, the Black Belts was a, it started off as a quasi sort of punky band, but evolved into a shit-kicking, high-octane rhythm and blues band, which is what it is now. Yep. So the, are the two bands different? Do they play different? Yeah. The- Different material, Different material. yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, one's a four-piece, the the Black Belts, and the and Tumbling Dice is a seven-piece with some very good musicians in it. You know, like I'm very lucky, like I'm very lucky to have that lot. So yeah, both bands know their chops. I, mean, I know we could go further than just do local stuff. I, I really know we could. So any promoters out there oh. in Melbourne gives us hundred <laughs> percent. We're opening up. Come on, <laughs> good on you, Nikki. So. I mean, 62, you woke up and had the epiphany and then there was obviously a process of, you know, learning to sing and creating the band. And you spoke earlier about how you needed to be desperate to change something. So how has this kind of second wind with the band fulfilled your life? It's been a really good thing. And she's worth pointing out, why did I do this? Because I hadn't actually said this because I'm also a photographer in my old life and I've done a bit of film, a bit of video and all that. You know, I kind of done a fair bit in the art side as well as commercial side so I did a lot but then when Carol died I kind of didn't want to do photography anymore because it's a very solo thing especially you know I never really embraced the digital format (laughs) and if I ever do photography again it'll be film so you shoot film you end up in the darkroom which is quite solitary and then you come out and what I'd do is if Carol was there, oh. you know, I'd say, oh, okay, have a look at this. Yeah, right. Suddenly she's not there. Oh, yeah. You know, so I really, it wasn't the right thing for me, you know, and I'm not, I'm really not a natural hermit. Mm-hmm. You know, I need, I'm gregarious. I need to be around people. Yeah. And that was really where the music thing happened. You know, it's kind of, it's a collaborative thing. Yeah. And and, and that's... So it, feel, it filled you up. It filled me up. It mm. did right. It was really important. Yeah, you know. It's always good to be learning and... and um, yes, never too late. No. Never too late. <laughs> ever, ever. That's my view. What sort of advice would you give to somebody who slowed down a bit, they're looking for the next adventure? And I know you had yours as an epiphany, but it must have bubbled up from somewhere. So yeah, how could people go about discovering what their next adventure is? You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. Listen to your heart. <laughs> I think deep down, you always really know what you want to do. There's nothing to fear except fear itself. You know, that's, I think, what stops a lot of people. It's fear of failure or fear of looking stupid. Even, you know, like I even know guys that won't go running or go to the gym because they think they might look stupid. Well, no, do what you want. That's the way I see it. You know, it's really important that you listen to the little inward voice that always, always knows what's true all right so what do you reckon here (laughs) Richard so you you woke up at 62 and decided to start a rock band sure I was walking one day not so long ago at 55 and you don't look 50 are you really 55 yeah I'm 55 my son's in a couple of bands and he's a guitarist and he's got a drum kit there and I just real band probably he's in a couple of real bands (laughs) I I love Fleetwood Mac and I've just gone I want to be able to play um, dreams on the drums, so I've started teaching myself oh. the drums. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. And I'm yeah. not musical. I'm not musical at all. I can't oh, sing. I. <laughs> and yeah, but you know, but I'm having fun doing it. So that's the most important thing, Nikki. Mm. That's brilliant. No, yeah. it's really important to 
enjoy yourself. Yeah. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got swing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. I mean, my goal is just to learn that one song and, and get it down pat and have a bit of well, fun Well, you see, I'm that. so old that I love early Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green yeah. when they were a blues band before I mean, the, the mid-70s yeah. stuff was brilliant. Oh, it's all fantastic. Obviously. Given all, you know, that you've done in your life and knowing what you know today, including the fulfilment that this wonderful epiphany at the age of 62 has given you, if you could look back on your younger self then, what would you, what would you tell young Richard? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I don't think you ever do anything wrong, you know, so in a way I wouldn't tell myself anything. Obviously you always think, well, why didn't I do that this way or that way? But beyond that, you've got to think beyond that. And mm. in a way you never do anything wrong. So no, you know, regret, no regret sounds like. Yeah, mm. not really, because this is getting a little philosophical, but this moment now, right now, right this moment is equals everything I've ever thought about, dreamt about, done, etc. equals this moment. Mm-hmm. Now, that's such an incredible thought that it means, and of course it's always like that, mm. <laughs> like it's always now, but it really is a question of being in the moment. It is. It's the, the wonder of life. It's, it's astonishing that we're even alive. You know, I still sort of go like, hey, is this really going on? Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I mean, you know, we're all spark of divine light and all of that. We all came, we're all one, all of that. You know, all this stuff's incredibly important. But what it means, what it really means is that anything is possible, I think. And it's not a question of even trying it's a question of kind of being able to know up here and being able to visualise and seeing, that's what I'm on about. And then you go and that's how it happened. That's how things happen, actually. It's not really by trying. It's like just, that's what I meant by awareness too, all oh, that. Awareness and being present. Yeah, in the moment. Yeah, so. Is there anything that you, you know, what do you love about being older, getting mm. older? Mm. Having a younger girlfriend, that's one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Jackie. She's 48. It's awesome. Oh, classic. <laughs> yeah, so. Sex is very important. I mean, I'm really silly, but it really is. It's very important. Like, you know, even if you're 90, it's important. <laughs> I assure you. Well, I'm not 90, am I? But I mean, you know, no, I mean. We'll come back in re- 20 years and uh, we can have <laughs> I'll the discussion. It, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we'll be up to season 20 by then, so <laughs> roughly you've got a seat any any time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 very important to sort of enjoy life to the max in every respect. Yeah, sorry, Matt, what did you sorry, I always tend to No, no, you, you, I mean you, you you got you got it. It was just about getting older. What do you love oh, about that? Yeah, that what's good about it? Yeah. Young girls and sex. <laughs> yeah, so so that's pretty much the same as when you were young, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh. <laughs> and by the way, yes, why do you think I'm in a rock band? <laughs> it's, it's all about so, groupies, isn't it? No, unfortunately, always. it's not. <laughs> it's all about hard work. Yeah. No, no, no. When I'm in a band because I, I want to be in a band, seriously. But I think getting old is, yeah, no, it's a real plus because you get really better at dealing with any situation. You know, anything that's thrown at you, whereas in the past, you know, when you're younger, you might just sort of... Argh! Like driving up, there's this lunatic pee plate at one point, you know, that overtook me, and then slow right down, you know, all this sort of bullshit. You just don't let it worry you, you know. Whereas in the past, I'm like, you've... You know, I would have got really angry, you know, 
guy's being an idiot. Take it all in your stride. Yeah. You do. Yeah. It doesn't mean you don't stand up for your rights and all that, but it means that, yeah, I think that's the plus of getting older, that you become capable of dealing with any situation, really. Do you think you stand up for your rights more then? Like I, you just I, brought think, that up? I think I would. I, what really matters, yeah. Not afraid to speak up? No, no, never. No, I think it's very important that yeah, you always say what you mean. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's life. your advice for younger Richard. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, life's <laughs> too short, <laughs> even if you do live to 120. <laughs> yeah, why not? And you, you just mentioned then about what really matters. Do you think that yes. what really matters now is the same to you as you've gotten older? Does that, you know, have, has those things changed? It does changed? change. Yeah. No, I think that's called wisdom, actually. And as you get older, you do that. Yeah, you definitely know shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, you I always, know, I always you say know to people, more, you know, more. You know <laughs> if you know you're like Lord of the Rings, it's like the, the, the hobbits never got there without Gandalf, right? And Gandalf's <laughs> the old guy, right? They needed yes. him, right? Yes. So you can't discount older. Nah, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I mean, you know, that's one of the tragedies of our society, Western society in general, that the beauty and, and the wonder of, of, of elderly people is not fully appreciated, whereas you go to... China, for instance, mm. that's one of the interesting things they do get right, that elderly people are, are considered to be a vibrant part of the community because, frankly, what they have is something that younger people don't, and that's wisdom, and that's a some, somewhat indefinable thing, but it's, it's something that's very important. Can you imagine where your life would be if you didn't have that epiphany, if you didn't have that second wind and change? Like, <sighs> Well... Yeah. I mean, uh, I tell you what, like I was seriously, and Carol carped it, you know, when she died, I, I really, really was in a bad way. And the important thing is to never forget who you really are. If you forget who you are, you're in trouble. <laughs> mm. So don't forget who you really are. Because, you know, within yourself, because in a way, you know, nothing can ever touch that. You know, like we're all individuals, mm. as Joan Armour Trading famously saying once, you know, you're born alone and you die alone. You know, that's actually fundamentally true. But it's a plus because it means that, you know, you really are your own master. And as long as you don't sort of basically go off your nut and forget who you are, you're going to be able to do anything and, and, and anything you want too. I think. Good advice. Good advice. Mm. Perhaps. Asking for a little bit of advice then, I guess, for people who have just retired, you hear there's so many people just think, you know, or some people like, oh, wow, can't wait till I retire, but others like life's over kind of thing. So any advice that you have that you could give to someone who's just retired, you know, like nudging them to, I don't know, start a new Absolutely. passion like you have? Well, my, my advice would be do what you love. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Don't let anyone stop you. Now's the time. Just Now's the time. Yeah. Now's the time. That should be the slogan. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that, you know, our society sort of suggests that, yeah, you retire and then you basically you just slow down, end up in a nursing home and that's it. Well, that's bullshit. You know, it's really not that. It's doing what you want and embracing it because after all you've got the time very often if you if you've stopped doing a full-time job mm. so why not really really go for it and and have the most fantastic time more than anything i've got any advice to anyone i think it's like a question of being a, a aware self-awareness who am i so look if you are a bit overweight in this well don't be overweight 
That's Ricky Gervais would say. Yeah, if you're not Don't happy that way. Don't be a fat way. bastard. If you're exactly. not happy, yeah. You know, mm. that's, that's you're a comedian, are you, Matt? So you'd know this. Yeah. <laughs> so as, uh, if you think back to friends that you or people you've known over the years, 70s, 80s, and have yeah. you seen anybody else have a second wind, have an epiphany or a change, and, and what did they do? <sighs> that's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about that. Well, uh, like I said, if I got role models, it's probably Iggy <laughs> Pop and Mick Jagger. I mean, you know, Jagger is really good. You know, his dad was, a, you know, you know, he's right into fitness. His his dad was a gymnastics teacher, and it's obviously in the genetics. And so, I mean, I it, think I can't imagine Iggy Pop having parents, but I guess he did <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking to a guy who's crawling through broken glass on stage in 1972. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The original <laughs> punk before anyone yeah. else did it. I'm yeah. amazed he's, he's like Keith Richards. I'm amazed he's alive still. And, and he looks incredible. He, he no. is pretty fit. Yeah, no, he's good. But my advice more than anything is never forget who you really are. Mm. You know, like deep down you know. Everyone knows. They just whether they want to admit it or not, you know. And whatever that is, you know, go for it and, and yeah. have fun. Be, be, have be true fun. to your core. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds incredibly simplistic, but I think it's actually true. It sounds like you got – Discipline as well, yeah. So, do, do you know, you said more, you do the, the 150 push-ups. Mm. So, is there some days where you just go, I, I don't want to do that, but <laughs> you make sure you <laughs> yeah. do them, or do you go, I'm having the day off, right? Nah. How, how does that How does that play out in your? It's in simple. <laughs> if you try and do it seven days, seven days a week, you generally you're going to stuff up twice, and then you end up with five, and that's perfect. And that's they good. reckon yeah, actually, yeah. it's not you don't. There's no more benefit doing more than five days out of seven, anyhow. Do so you allowed a day off now and then? Absolutely, and it's yeah. very important to take it and have a glass of wine. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and go and have fun. Yeah, fun is fun is king. Fun, yeah. fun is king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Without it, it's what's the point? Through that, through that. So, Richard. Absolute pleasure having oh, you on today. No, thank no, you so it's much. a pleasure yeah. talking to you both. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, thank you for asking pertinent questions. I hope I've been able to help. No, you have. You took the words right out of my mouth, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure, a joy to have you here and some great sound advice about, you know, staying true to yourself and, and living your passion and you're doing it. It's fantastic. Well, I hope so. Yeah. It's definitely the way to go. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Amen. <laughs> Love it. What a fascinating, vibrant guy he was. I loved his lust for life, you know, and the fact that he's not slowing down for anyone. Uh, I think lust for life really captures it because when you see his clips, he is Australia's Iggy Pop, you know, shirt off, rocking out, and he's not slowing down at all. In fact, he, he got more energetic through the chat, you know. He's just, just full on. I, I loved that so much. There's it's so in- much inspiring. Well, you there. took the words right so. out of my mouth. <laughs> it's inspiring, isn't it? Because, you yeah. know, he is 70 and it's like he's just living life, loving life, and there's so much to look forward to. I do have to ask one thing, Nikki. Mm. The drums. Tell me about the drums. (laughs) Yeah, look, that came about just kind of, you know, in in lockdown as it did and just it's quite challenging. You know, I'm hopeless in that era. I can't read music or anything, so I taught myself how to read drum music. My son plays the guitar and drums and he was happy to help me a little bit and it's really fun. You know, I put on the headphones 
and I just rock out a little bit and someday I will get that one song down pat. I probably won't do anything else <laughs> and um, then I'll let you have a look at it. And this will be a second wind. You'll take it on like the Partridge family. <laughs> you guys will get a bus and tour. But it's fun because I, because a couple of times I've sat down there and I've started, you know, he's helping me and then he'll get a basic little tune and he'll get on the guitar and I'll do the drums. Yeah. And how cool is that? Fantastic. And that, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That second wind, it's... Um, just finding that passion and going with it. So, yeah, it lights you up. Yeah. For me, it's poetry. I was sort of attracted to the romance, to the words, you know, that, that view on life. I think that for me is my second wind where if I can give that a crack, probably sometime in the next 10 years, I'll get pen, get paper and get inspired. So, Start now. Start yeah. now. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> We're joined now by clinical psychologist Melissa Levi. Now, Melissa works and specialises in older people's mental health and dementia, and she's with us now in the studio to discuss second wins and some of the insights shared by the lovely Richard. So, welcome again, Melissa. Thank you so much. When I was listening to Richard speak just then, he has such a passion for what he's doing now, and for him, he was just really lucky to have that epiphany where he sat up in bed and, and kind of reflection and then doing. But I know that's not always the case for people who move into retirement. So, what do you do if your retirement doesn't feel like that golden era? You know, it's really interesting because I think all of us hope that we wake up like Richard and that, you know, the next sort of act or phase of our lives, our encore comes to us spontaneously and intuitively and that we get swept up in, in I guess, the passion and the magic of that. And I suppose that's my wish, certainly for, for all older people. But I also know that, as you so, so well said, Matt, that that doesn't always happen. So, as a clinical psychologist, I get a lot of referrals, particularly for older men, but also for women who are newly retired and who are really struggling and sometimes to the point where that might manifest as depression or anxiety. And it is quite understandable because retirement's a time of huge transition and change. And, you know, if you've worked your whole life in a particular role, whether it's working at the local sort of butcher's shop or one of my clients was on the Supreme Court um, as a judge on the Supreme Court, whether you've worked as a doctor or for a lot of women, you know, you've devoted your lives to your family, you know, that are now grown and it's just such a huge change. And often it's not just the work that we do, it's the identity that it gives us. It's such a core part of who we are. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but you meet someone new and one of the first things they ask you is, oh, what do you do? 100%. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's my most hated question, I have <laughs> yeah. to say. I want to find out about people. But no. <laughs> I love that you made that distinction, Matt. That, and that's exactly it. What we do and who we are are two very separate things. But I think in our society and throughout our lives, they become so embedded and enmeshed with one another. And retirement is a time where we kind of have to pick that apart a little bit. The other challenges that we face is the lack of structure. So, I don't know if you've ever felt, and actually now's a nice time to reflect on this post-COVID, but I found during COVID, I really struggled to keep track of the day. My memory for things and recollection of things wasn't as good because every day sort of melted into the next. 
just, you know, if you are used to having a routine and a structure to your life, retirement can pose a real challenge to that. And a lot of my clients say that they look forward to retirement. They often have a big party and celebration, you know, on their last day of working. And then they wake up the following Monday and think, well, what what now? Yes. I really want people to know that if you are struggling with retirement, you are certainly not alone. This is not a foreign experience. And the silver lining is there are things that we can do to prepare for our retirement and following retirement to make it this golden era that we all strive for. So that's probably like at our age, Matt. (laughs) Start to plan. (laughs) Well, well, not even planning, but, you know, like I was talking about before, saying yes to things, to new opportunities, because we do get a bit stuck in our ways and it is a bit like, you know, going, you know, someone inviting you out and you just can't be bothered or you're too tired. Someone wants to invite you into their world. Come and try this with me. Come and play cards. Come and play mahjong. Come and play golf. Come and play tennis, whatever. And and our default is "I'm, I'm too tired or maybe next time. Just saying yes, because we don't know what our next passion is going to be until we open ourselves up a little bit. I love that. I think if there was a slogan for for retirement, it is say yes. Mm. And Richard so beautifully spoke to the idea that anything is possible in later life. And I truly believe that. And I've seen that. I think there are some tips and tricks that I'd like to share with our listeners that might support them in their retirement. So, I think the first thing is have a bit of a think about retirement long before the last day of work. Having a think about whether you'd like to reduce to part-time work in the first instance and have a more sort of gradual retirement, whether you want to pick up some volunteer roles, take on additional grandparenting duties or community roles so that you're not going from all, I suppose, to the idea of of nothing, I, I guess. Some of the other things that you can do is when you do retire, try to have some structure to your day. So, I mean, you get a little bit of a pass. You can have at least a few days of just staying in your jammies and (laughs) enjoying. Bit of a sleep in. You have a sleep in. You're not in, you know, peak hour traffic. You know, have a cup of coffee. But certainly, I think after that, it really is helpful just to have a little bit of structure to your days. As human beings, we tend to be creatures of habit um, and a little bit of a routine and predictability can provide that sense of certainty and security, whether it's walking down to the shops every morning to pick up the paper, grab a cup of coffee, whether it's, you know, taking the dog to the park. I actually remember when I had my daughter, um, before I gave birth to her, the piece of advice that I received that I hung on to and it served me very well was, do not let your husband leave the house in the morning without having showered. And it was a great piece of advice because it got me up and out. It meant that I was ready for the day and it opened up possibilities. And Nikki, your your idea of saying yes to new things. I think sometimes we don't know what our passion is until we give it a go. So if you're looking for things to do, reaching out to your local community centers, and I think, you know, trying to let go of those old stereotypes that you go there for like a sandwich and a game of bingo, that is not what they are about anymore. There's often a whole array of activities and discussion groups and interest groups and lectures and 
you know, things that you can really sink your teeth into. There are um, institutions, and this works nationally, but also I think globally is something like the University of the Third Age, where you can go and do courses and lectures specifically designed for older people from fulfilling, I think, Nikki, you mentioned this, fulfilling your desire to learn another language Mm. to learning something historical or scientific or psychological. So, None of that needs to stop. I think the big point there is find something meaningful to you. It doesn't matter what it is, but if you can wake up each day with a little bit of a morning ritual, a bit of a routine, and something that gives you meaning, you are well on your way to securing a prosperous and enjoyable retirement. The thing I'd like to add there to our listeners, no matter what age, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, to have the courage to step out of your comfort zone to try something new because often it doesn't matter what age you can go, oh no, that scares me, but that could be where the passion lies. So just to give yourself that, I guess, the courage. So Mel, before we go, I just got one question. My mum's in her mid-80s. What's the best gift that I could give her? Well, I think short of moving back into home, um, I would <laughs> I say, don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say an experience. So something that she can do, um, possibly with you, but certainly, you know, instead of giving a box of chocolates, um, going to a chocolate making factory or getting, you know, a season pass to the opera or the symphony or, you know, some tickets to the local museum or gallery, anything that's an experience, something that, you know, she can immerse herself in. And who knows, you may be the trigger or the catalyst for her finding her second wind. Yep, maybe she'll be an opera singer or something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Well, Matt, that is it for today's episode of Oldie Goodie. Now, I am off to open myself up to new opportunities with a whole lot of, yes, I'll give that a try. (laughs) I might find my next passion. And for more information on anything that we've discussed today or to see Richard rocking out on stage, head to oldiegoodie.com.au. Quick question, Nikki, Mm -hmm. just before we go. Phone rings. It's Richard on the line. He's down a drummer and he (laughs) says... I need you. Are you going to come and play drums? I I will say, so I've got to say yes to new opportunities. So I will say yep. yes, Richard, only if we're playing Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Fantastic. That's all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> so be the first to hear our new episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to Oldie Goody wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to reach out with any questions or even topics that you'd love us to explore, you can email us at hello at oldiegoody.com.au. Thanks for joining us. Bye. See you later. What is it about Uniting Home Care that makes it so special? Well, it's the people on our team. That's the difference. We take the time to get to know our clients so we know what type of support they need and we have the experience and expertise to make it happen. No matter what services they require or how complex their needs, we're there for them. If you're looking for support to stay independent in your own home, we're here for you. Visit uniting.org today or call 1-800-864-846.